Welcome to the Drunkard's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. All right, all right. Episode 24, man. We are glad and delighted to be back for another very eventful podcast coming up, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, got a lot. it's been a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of shit going on. We're not really one of those podcasts that just, you know, is always on current events and trying to say really trendy and stuff like that, but... You know, it's definitely some stuff we're going to cover today that is pretty current. But before we get into that, something I wanted to bring up. Talking over people. Why do people think it's okay to talk over everyone? Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying, like, 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 imagine you're trying to make a point or you're saying something. And you'd be like, yeah, I went to Marshall's. Yeah, that was cool, man. I, I went over there. And you'd be like, <laughs> you're not going to let me finish what the fuck I was saying? Yeah. I think that when people talk over you, they've made this assumption that what they have to say is more important than what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? This is what they're saying indirectly. I know you're talking, Eddie. Fuck what you have to say. Yeah. Listen to what I have to say. And I don't give a fuck. And that's that's what I, that's how I take it. Yeah. I think it's um, there's definitely an art to knowing when to talk. I don't think everyone has that that uh, that sense because you know you hear it all the time. Even in certain podcasts, you hear people just talking over each other, yelling all the time, um, and even in you know everyday conversations. Sometimes, like I'll be talking to someone, and I'll be extremely knowledgeable about the subject mm-hmm. and then I'll just get cut off in the midst of explaining something to them. Oh my God. You're like, yo, bro, like I was really like, you know, I was really onto something right there. Yeah. That, that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, like you said, it's sometimes it, it, the worst thing is getting in the middle of a bunch of stupid people. Mm-hmm. Like imagine it's only you and then it's like fucking five pe- five guys. They're all dumb as fuck. And they're like, no, no, man, no, man, that's right. No, no, you wrong, man. And they all agreeing with each other. Mm-hmm. They're all wrong. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that really is knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about something, but they keep cutting you off. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, God, this is just so frustrating. Like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. It's like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> Even in sometimes we would do, um, we would do these improv exercises in our acting classes. And, you know, some people would have that same issue. Like, it would always be a shouting match, and, you know, you would try to get, like, a funny point in, but they always had to, like, jump in and cut you off before you actually finish your thought. That's sad, man. Yeah, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I, it, like, okay, a prime example of that is this. You were just talking right now. I waited until you were done because mm-hmm. I'm not going to cut you off because I'm not going to make the assumption that what I have to say is more important than what you have to say, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to make the assumption that I just say... All these profound statements, like I'm fucking Shakespeare or something. Like I'm just Eddie, man. I'm just a black guy talking. So yeah. you know, since we're both black guys, let's just take turns, bro. You know. <laughs> I wonder if um, when Kanye West cut off Taylor Swift, did he actually let her finish? I don't know. I I, I doubt it. It's Kanye. We're talking about Kanye, man. Yeah. Yeah. That that Kanye has went through many stages. Mm-hmm. He's like a like a, a a butterfly. Oh dang! Yeah, man. You got, <laughs> got cocoon, uh, cocoon Kanye, and cocoon he came out of that Kanye? cocoon. Yeah, he was in that. I feel like you calling him a coon. Like I said, <laughs> I was making a butterfly comparison. So you just called Kanye as a coon. If you want to take it there, bro, then go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's it's on record. I didn't I didn't 
say that. Um, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> chop it up. Take the cook, cook the cut, the cut off, and put just Eddie. Call. Um, this is the headline of the uh, of the podcast. Take the cuck off. No. That's what you just said, man. I said, take the cut off. Oh, I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> this guy. That yeah. sounds like a that sound like a, a porno title. What? Black cuck. That is a cuck. I don't know, man. It just sounds. <laughs> It'd be like, so many terms in this porn. Oh you just like God. you get lost in the sauce. Like I, I never heard the word cunt until I was like, I don't know, like eight, nineteen. I was mm-hmm. like, what is a cunt? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I never. I literally have never yeah. like called someone that or like referred to a woman's like private part as that. That's some. That's some white people terms. Black yeah, people probably, don't say that. Yeah, yeah. Because we got our stuff. We say they got their stuff. They say yeah. I, like black people. We don't. <laughs> we really don't have terms we say because they be stealing our swag. <laughs> Bunch uh, of thieves. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, like black people, we don't say cock. That's just if we do, it's like a joke because <laughs> we're trying to sound like them. All right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. even in like the porn titles, they be using it. Yeah, black cock. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> it's like, what it, I, you know, and you know, it's people that really make the titles for pornos, bro. Like, they that's their job. Job, there yeah. was a uh, it was something on, oh, you got a job, job, yeah. <laughs> There was something on Facebook and and heard this girl's full time job was uh making the titles for sex videos. Like when you see some crazy like Jerome takes BBC to so and so, you're like, dude, <laughs> somebody thought this shit through. Does she have to like watch it and get like a kind of grasp what's going I mean, on in there? I don't know. I think every porno ends the same, right? Yeah. Somebody's getting something in the face. At yeah. The end. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's, you don't got to like. Be yeah, a, that's definitely not rocket science. Nah, it's not rocket science. Yeah, she probably tired of her job too. Like, oh my gosh, I got to go to work today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, she probably ain't tired of her job. <laughs> that's the easiest fucking job. If she job could ever. work from home, that'd probably be the best job. Yeah. She pull out her little. Zzzz, oh. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? Uh, this is just totally off topic, but why do men get like? Why do they get toy shamed? Like, there's, I guess they came out with some sex doll, mm-hmm. and some guy was like, "Damn, I gotta try that." And a bunch of girls is like, "See, that's weird. Dudes is weird trying to get these fake women. You could never replace us and all of that." But women got so many different fucking vibrators and dildos and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit, mm-hmm. and it's like we don't vibrate. Yeah. Like, we don't fucking... Uh, yeah, I think um, they've been using toys for years. And I Bruh. think finally now they've started to, you know, create comparable technology for for the uh, for the men. So, yeah, man. Yeah, don't shame us or not us, but them for, you know, using fake women. Yeah, I ain't got no... Th- you seen those dolls, though? Bruh. Some of them girls are thick. Yeah, you got a thick ass doll. I might thick. think twice about <laughs> thicker than a cold milkshake. Uh, <laughs> thicker than peanut butter in the freezer. <laughs> they got them. They got them. They got them pog. Uh, them pog dolls. Um, you, what's that? You know what a pog is? Nah. P a w g. You never heard of that term? I don't think so. It's like a thick white girl, a fat ass white girl. That's what that means. You never heard oh, that? Oh, dang. I don't think so. They got the pog version, man. I don't watch enough porn. I don't know what that term is. Hey, man. Hey. 
it's just it's a very common term. People say it all the time. I'm surprised you didn't catch it. I'm, I'm mad they used the uh, the fat with a ph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got these dolls, man, and it's like thick white girls. It's, it's like, oh my god, dang. Yeah, man. That's they look it. like the those wax dolls you see in Las Vegas or something. Oh yeah. What the what what? Which ones? You what? know, like the wax museums. Oh, like Matt, the ones like Matt, uh, Michael Jackson and shit. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Like the same, so same designers started, <laughs> the economy in the uh, wax museums was going down, so they just switched over to creating dolls. I guess. These dolls look a little too real, man. Yeah. Too real. You think they have models? Like they just come in and oh, sculpt yeah, them? Oh, yeah, definitely. Probably the, the body parts are probably exaggerated, but the faces, you think they're based on real people? The bodies are exaggerated in real life. You see the asses on these girls? Yeah. Like I know you- that. But I'm just saying, like... <laughs> Because you can proportion a woman's butt however you want to, but the face, it's like you, you have to use, you know, even when you're drawing, like you're just drawing, you use examples. So you think they hire like models to come in and be the, be the figure or, you know, like if you, if you buy, if you purchase a doll and then it looks like, you know, whatever person yeah. and you think you can randomly run across that person just walking down the street? Like, wait know. a minute. I don't know. I don't think they need all the dimensions of the person's face. I think they could kind of create that for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think they need to get... Hey, um, Lakeisha, can you come in here and uh, let's, let's just take a little graph of your face. <laughs> yeah, we're thinking about coming out with a doll. What kind of doll are you talking about? Oh, uh, you know, it's just a, a family doll. Oh, okay, I'll do it. Yeah, Lakeisha? Yeah, Lakeisha, you're in for a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they came out with a Lakeisha doll? Oh, what if, what if is this a black girl? Or it is, yeah, she black. She probably got like a big old booty, and it's like it'd be a bunch of like. A <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's get off of this topic, man. Shout out to Lakeisha. Shout out to Lakeisha, man. Yeah. Shout out to Watermelonisha. Ah, I remember. Hey, this was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Keith posted a picture on Instagram on his story. And he had a watermelon strapped. He had a watermelon in the passenger seat with a seatbelt on it. And he said, uh, uh, "For to say watermelon Nisha. <laughs> or no, actually, I commented. I said watermelon Nisha. He was like, "Damn, I should post it." Yeah, I that. was mad. I didn't. I didn't get that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, to make a long story short, we got way off topic. But just talking over people is completely unnecessary, man. Yeah, you got to let people finish the thoughts mm. and stop assuming everything you're saying is so fucking important. Yeah, it's probably not all that important. There's a rhythm to talking, like you know what I mean. It's just like, it's like playing music, or I don't even know how to explain it. But it's just like you know, I say a little bit, and then once you can tell, like I'm starting, my thoughts are starting to waver, and I'm not saying anything important anymore. And then you could just jump in. That is true. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's also kind of biased for us to say that too, mm-hmm. just for me and you, because we've known each other for so long. Yeah. So you kind of got a rhythm, like I could kind of tell when you're. You know, like you said, like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. I could tell when your thoughts are ending and I could just jump in there. Mm-hmm. And if we ever do cut each other off, it's extremely rare. And I'll be like, my bad, but you had something on your mind, you know. Mm-hmm. But most people, they just keep cutting you off, keep cutting you off. Or you can't tell when they're done talking. Yeah. They'll be like, yeah, man, I was crazy when I went over there. But it's cool, though. And then I went over. I'm like, <laughs> are you done? <laughs> God damn, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh man. All right, man. Well, we'll go ahead and move on from that. Mm-hmm. Um a very unfortunate topic, we're gonna just switch gears, is drug addiction 
slash depression. Um, over the years, we've seen many people, even if it's people in our own family, but um, we've seen many musicians and actors and whatnot that either commit suicide or die over from an overdose. Mm -hmm. The most recent case has been Mac Miller, mm -hmm. um, uh, a young rap artist, only 26 years old, was a damn good artist. Uh, but he had he went down a dark path with drugs, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it's really it's really it's really painful to see his story because you look at somebody like him, man. He's just a young man, and and the drugs got a hold of him. And what kills me though about addiction, it, it's a, it's an extremely complex um, situation. Some people say just get help, just go to a therapist, just do this and that. I, I think people that make those blanket just plain statements have not lived with a person that had an addiction problem. Yeah. I have. My father had a drug addiction. Um, growing up, you know, it's not like my father made a conscious decision to say, hey, you know what? Let me ruin my family's life. Let me ruin my own life. You know, there was times where, you know, he would be on a drug bench for two days and come back. And, like, we was just glad that our dad was all right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but when your father is on that, and you're just like, man, like, you know, you, you can't comprehend it. Like my father, the reason why I have never even smoked weed in my life, I've never experimented with, experimented with any drugs, is due to the fact that my father would tell me when he would come down, uh, when he would come off of his high, and he would say, uh, don't ever do drugs, ever, mm -hmm. ever. Like, there, don't ever try anything. And that frightened me to my core so much that I've never experimented with shit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the addiction part. Mm -hmm. um, I feel that people that have depression, that's a separate issue. And once these two, once these two marry each other, then it's just you're doomed. Um, people also go through depression because they cannot overcome this this connection with drugs. They know they can't beat it. And that is depression with, within itself. So when you're going through this, just imagine how, you know, how overwhelming it must be to be hooked to heroin or whatever it is, man. Mm -hmm. That's got to be rough. Yeah, I think that, you know, kind of going back to what you were talking about, the, the people that were basically bashing. I've, I've seen a video of a guy who's basically was saying like, you know, people that are on drugs are idiots and this is a choice and, you know, yep. stuff like that. And then I've seen people bashing or almost glad that Mac Miller died, um, basically saying, like, kids are stupid. They're doing all these drugs and they're glorifying um, drugs. And, you know, you deserve to die if you're, you know, you're doing stuff like this. And it's really sad. It's really shallow. And it shows that you have zero understanding of you know how drugs work because it's like it's more complex than um you know a kid just taking pills or a kid doing heroin or a kid you know doing cocaine you know there's there's like real life reasons for people doing these kind of things like mac miller you know he obviously he shared you know some stuff through his music but I'm sure he was going through stuff personally that we may never, like may exactly. never come to light. Yep. Like people live, life is really complex. And I was telling a friend this, I was like, 
just in your own personal life, you go through a lot of stuff. Like everyone is going through something right now, whether it's some sort of breakup with the, uh, with your, you know, your significant other or your parents or your grandparents or your uncles or aunts. And like everyone's going through something and everyone has stuff that goes on in their life that, um, is, can make you sad. And, you know, so every general person has that in the general population. And then add that to being a celebrity and everything you do, everything you, um, every relationship you're in is, you know, all over TMZ, you know, paparazzi's following you. Damn. Every relationship you've ever had with any other celebrity is plastered all over tabloids. And then on top of the entertainment business, you have your label you know, badgering you. When is the album coming out? When yeah. is the album coming out? When is the album coming out? Oh, your sales weren't that good. We're thinking about dropping you from the label. All kind of like, you yeah. know, so all of this stuff is just jumbled in and, you know, pressures of the world just kind of get to you. So it's like, it's, it's almost idiotic to try to badger someone for, um, for for OD, you know what I mean. You don't know what these people are going through, and you know it's it's sad that it you know it ended up that way. That he 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 um, he happened to die in this manner, but we we just don't know. So it, it's stupid for us to try to um, talk down on him because of the way he went out. Definitely. Um, like you said, you know, you, you get caught up in uh, and we're not trying to put ourselves in that position. This is more or less just giving an example mm-hmm. of what a person in that platform is going through. See, I think the most basic thing that most people say they're rich, they're famous. What are they complaining about? I can't believe that they are blah, blah. You got to understand something. These people are going through things privately, just like you and me. OK, and. You think about all the people that have taken their own lives or have died from Odin. You got Robin Williams and Kurt Cobain and all these other people that have passed away. And I'm not going to make an assumption as of why they're gone. I just I can't make that I can't make that that decision and say, oh, they did it because, you know, they're just selfish. They're weak. This and that. Mm -hmm. I just think that's extremely ignorant. And I think that people need to educate themselves on addiction. See, what's funny about addiction is this. Um. People are not making a conscious effort to destroy themselves. Initially, it's a choice. They they experiment with drugs, mm-hmm. right? But as time progresses, they don't have like they don't have the strength to break away from using drugs. Mm-hmm. I've known some people that experimented with drugs in college, and they're not on drugs at all now, and they have a family, and everything's great. Mm-hmm. I know some other people that tried this shit one time, and they're hooked for life. Drugs have a different connection from person to person. So when you say, oh, just go get help, you have no idea what that does to people. Some people need to take, they need to do drugs just to be alive. If they try to stop, they would literally have seizures and go through shakes and probably die. Mm-hmm. If you, people form a reliance on it. Yeah. So like it's so much, there's so much more. If you really want to see about addiction, you need to watch Dr. Drew's Celebrity Rehab as well. Dr. Drew does a good job. You know. I don't think they need to dive that far. They know people personally that are addicted to something. That's true. And it don't have to be drugs. Mm-hmm. It could be gambling. 
It could be sex. Yeah. It could be uh it could be porn. It could be all kind of stuff. There's people that are addicted to porn. They have like a chronic addiction yeah. to pornography. Yeah. And it's like ruining their family and mm-hmm. it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you're referencing drugs, this is literally you're you're taking you're taking something to get that high. Mm-hmm. It's your dopamine signals in your brain are going crazy. That's why they call it dope. Mm-hmm. Because the dopamine is just activated so much by heroin and cocaine and all these drugs. And these and people, once they do this stuff, they can't break away from it, man. You know the crazy thing? I know multiple alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those people try to put people that are using other drugs in a different category. Yeah. It's like alcohol is just as bad as, you know, any other drug that's out there. Definitely. You know what I mean? It's just killing you in a different way. Definitely. <clears throat> and it's really sad. Like, I know people, and you, same way you said it, they, it starts out as just a casual thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You turn 21, you go out, you have a couple of drinks, and, you know, you have a good time. Next week you go out. Next week you go out. And then all of a sudden it's like you catch yourself drinking every single day. Mm-hmm. As soon as you get off work, you crack a can open. As soon as you get off work, you crack another one open. And it's just like a you get, you, you get lost in this cycle. And something that is not necessarily addictive becomes, and you become addicted to it. Yeah. I've seen some people, people some people are predisposed to it. Mm-hmm. And by drinking alcohol, they make it 10 times worse. There was a guy that I worked with a long time ago when I was in college. And he was such an alcoholic that on his breaks, on every break, he would go to his car and have like a little uh, like an ice chest. And he had beer. He was drink throughout the day. Yeah. That's how much of alcoholic he was. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is you mentioned alcohol. And because it's legal, people like to frown on cocaine or heroin users when mm-hmm. you are no different. Yeah. You are no different. You are destroying yourself. You can destroy your family. You can destroy everything mm-hmm. by being an alcoholic. And I know people that have lost families from being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's all drugs at the end of the day. It's, mm-hmm. it's all drugs. And now they got all this other legal shit that's literally, it's drugs like Adderall. And all this shit is horrible for you, man. Mm-hmm. Um, But the, what's crazy is, is the, the depression side. I think we need to speak a little more about that. Mm-hmm. Um, depression, it's not that it could lead to drug use, but what it is, is if a person has already took, has already used drugs and they're depressed, now they're looking for outlets. Yeah. I think anyone that's depressed is not just going to be depressed. More times than not, they get, they're going to find an outlet, whether that outlet is to, to seek mental help or to seek drugs or to seek something to somewhat i won't say ease their pain like if somebody could be going through depression but they're fucking like 20 girls at one time like they're just fucking everybody mm-hmm. and there's some people that you know they they some guys pop that will constantly work out yeah like their vice becomes stronger whatever if we all have a vice or we all have something that we we run to during the time of depression mm-hmm. some people we don't eat like when when i get real depressed i can't focus i can't eat some people are emotional eaters. Mm-hmm. Some people have a lot of sex. Some people watch tons of porn, I guess. But at the end of the day, d- with a depressed person, their vice becomes that much stronger. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're going to use that as an outlet now. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people say, well, that's all they got to do is get help. It's not that simple, especially when you're rich like Mac Miller. Yeah. And uh, Oprah talked about drug, uh, her drug addiction. She had it one time. Mm-hmm. And she and it's like she doesn't have to worry about bills. She doesn't have to worry about, you know, am I going to run out of money? You could do dope until you fucking die when you got that much money. Yeah. It almost makes it easier. Exactly. Because you don't have to worry about, you know, you're not stealing anything to, you know, get the drugs. You're, you know, you're just working your your normal, the check's coming in on schedule and then someone's just showing up at your door selling you drugs. Like they were literally interviewing Demi Lovato's drug dealer. Wow, really? Yeah, you didn't see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, on TMZ. You know, they were like asking them questions. I feel horrible for Demi Lovato, and this is just one reason. It's going to sound kind of shallow, but she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's an amazing singer. And the crazy thing about it is that she has this horrible addiction. Mm-hmm. And I think people look at her and they're just like, oh, she needs to just get help. She's so weak. But like I said earlier, addiction is different from person to person. Mm-hmm. She has a team of people that, you know, watch her and everything. But, man, when she has a type of addiction that, you know, she can't go out and just be regular anymore. She's got to. I think the only one of the only ways she could probably break the addiction is she might have to give up her platform. Because sometimes what grows you and what has made you can kill you. Yeah. Uh, NFL uh, defensive end Alden Smith he used to play with the 49ers he kept getting in trouble for alcoholism over and over and over and he had all these isolated incidents that had been happening off the field to the point to where the NFL said look you're not welcome here anymore and I hope and pray that this guy gets the help he needs and that they never let him play football again not because I want to see him broke or none of that I want this guy to get the help that he needs because having that NFL platform is going to make it worse because every woman that you that knows you, they knows you as as the NFL guy. Yeah. And you, you think that these women just want to get with this guy and they don't have coke on them or they don't have alcohol with them. And, they don't, you know, it's a lot of horrible influences once you become a public figure. Mm-hmm. You know, like me and Keith, we are surrounded by a lot of friends and family and genuine people. But we're regular people. We've created this bubble but they i don't think a lot of these celebrities can control it yeah they just got a bunch of people like hey i got some coke hey you know hey let's Mm -hmm. party let's go party yeah i think that one thing that bothers me too is there's this um idea that you know once someone goes through something like when mac miller passes away they always blame the people that are surrounding them like, man, if he's died, I say it's his friend's fault. His friend should have, or his inner circle. What is his inner circle like? And it's really not that simple. Um, because if you think about it, like I said earlier, everyone has someone that they're related to or friends with that are that are addicted to something. Um, and as much as you can tell someone, hey, you need to go get help. You need to go get help. You need to go get help. It like that's all you can do. You can't like physically grab someone and just throw them into some sort of AA meeting nope. or throw them in some sort of rehab. If they don't want to go, then they just don't want to go. And at a certain point, you know, 
like, what do you do? You 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 just kind of get tired of telling them. You can yeah. tell them so many times. Like I know people that are you know alcoholics, and we try to get them help all the time. And like after you tell them what to do and you tell them how to maneuver, and they don't do it, then what do you do? And like you still love them because they're related to you, so you can't be like. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer dealing with you. You just have to go about your day to day thing. So I imagine the people that are surrounding Mac Miller, seeing him use stuff and they try to try to get him help. But at the end of the day, they still have to live life. They still have to do, you know, certain jobs. They probably still have to, you know, set up tours and set up studio sessions. And when they see him doing stuff, they, they help him out and, you know, they try to do as much as they can, but He's his own person. He makes his own. He makes his own decisions. Yeah, you know what else, man? Um, it's crazy. It's, it's funny you say that because um, you can't force people to do things. And a proven fact is that a lot of addicts, people that are drug, addicted to drugs, they don't seek help. Yeah, and they don't want the help. Mm-hmm. It's like they. It's almost like they feel people are talking at them, and they're like, "No, I'm all right. I'm all right." And like, "No, you're not all right." Mm-hmm. I've seen it from, I've seen people, you know, I've seen, like I mentioned my father earlier when he went through his battle, he's obviously he's clean now, I've been clean for quite some time, mm-hmm. but I've seen his battle and, you know, people get to the point where they're selling shit out of their own house and um, they're going through all kinds of shit and you're like, you need help, look what you're doing to yourself and they don't see it that bad because they're, they're fighting this demon inside of them mm-hmm. and it's blocking and it's like, they don't see the damage that they're doing to their families. Whenever you have an alcoholic father or you have a father that's on drugs or your mother or whoever it is, it affects everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that house is feeling it because they, they love, you know, they love you so much and you just keep letting them down. And it's, it's almost like you, it's not like you accept it, but it's like you, it's almost like you learn to make some type of peace with it because it's nothing you can do. Yeah. It's a horrible position to be in, and I've been in it, mm-hmm. okay? So that's why it's, it, it kind of irks my nerves when people start talking about addiction with this just really general, get help, then just get help, and you did it to yourself. It's like, no, it's not that you did it to yourself. It's the fact that it's much deeper than mm-hmm. what we're, it's much deeper than the definition we're giving it. You know, it's crazy. It's like there's, um, like you talked about, um, some people will go to college and they'll be at a party and then they'll just try it and they'll use it like recreationally. Every time they go out, they'll, you know, snort a line or something like that. Um, and then there are people that the people that become addicts are usually the people that, um, use it to suppress some sort of pain in their life. Yeah. And, um, I think one, one, the guy that we watched the video, he was talking about, he's like, yeah, people with cancer, you know, it's okay for them to use drugs. And, you know, people that are, you know, have some sort of illness, like, you know, for them to use drugs, it's okay. Um, but emotional pain and physical pain can be equally as painful sometimes. Exactly. Like exactly. if you're, you know, if you're really sad about whatever, even if it's something as simple as like breaking up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend, like, you know, you can be sitting in your room in the dark all day and you just be like, you know, physically drained. Um, and if you got, you know, 
punched in the face or something, it could be, you know, it could be just as painful as that. Oh, yeah. So it's like you can't you can't you can't separate those two because whatever drug you're using is going to suppress that pain as well. Very true. Very true. That's why this is. Oh, my goodness. Have you ever seen or. okay? well, I'm pretty sure you've seen it where you'll see like a family member or a friend or break up. And then somebody be like, come on, come on, let's go have some drinks. Yeah. Come drink with us. It's like people are actually applauding, nubbing your pain with alcohol. Yeah. Do you know how dysfunctional that is? Yeah. Reality, this is why I don't believe in really drinking at all. I do have a few drinks here and there, but I don't believe in drinking or anything. When I'm going through any type of stress, I face that shit head on. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to have to deal with life eventually anyways. Yeah. You have to figure that out. But mm-hmm. I, but my situation is not like everyone else's. Mm-hmm. Some people don't have the strength to get through life every day. Some people are stressed out, but they mask it with alcoholism. And they say, oh, let's, oh I'm just having some drinks. Let's go party. Uh, let's yeah. go party. They don't care about partying. It's the alcohol that makes them feel a certain way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's equivalent to the dopamine that a, a drug addict feels when they do cocaine or heroin. Mm-hmm. You know, except with the alcohol... You're, you're anytime you need to keep putting yourself in an altered state, you are suffering from depression. Mm-hmm. I just think, and a lot of times, as far as the black community, I think we do a horrible job of identifying that. Yeah, we don't, we don't really, and this is kind of going off topic a little bit, but we don't really do a good job of you know monitoring mental health. Yeah, we'll see somebody talking to themselves like, "Oh, you crazy," and the people just like laugh. Mm-hmm. When in actuality, that person may need some type of, you know, uh, uh, he needs to seek some type of help. Yeah. And a lot of people are mentally ill and don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. You know how earlier you talked about people blame Mac Miller and said like, oh, you know, uh, they didn't blame Mac Miller. They blame his friends or they blame Ariana Grande or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a form of mental illness. When you are reaching on social media for attention, like the catalyst is attention. And they, they do anything for it. They'll say even crazy outlandish things just to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's that, that's a form of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it's really playing itself out on social media, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, you said in the black community, that's definitely true. But just overall, definitely. we see people walking down the street talking to themselves every day. Oh, yeah. And we don't do much about it. And um, as adults, as kids, you know, you could kind of see like you're not you haven't lived enough life yet to know that that crazy person is actually going through stuff. Definitely. But as adults, I think we can be more aware and I don't know what we can do. I don't know what the answer is, but there's definitely um, we definitely need to do something about mental illness because people just like constantly keep dying and it's and it's the same thing it's like you know it gets redundant after a certain point i was just watching the the bobby brown story and um everyone knows that there was a um like bobby brown like if you're born in the 90s and you didn't necessarily grow up on bobby brown's music like you heard it but you um you don't really like you don't really engage in the music until like maybe 
like the 2000s. That's mm-hmm. like kind of the music you actually grew up on. You you hear Bobby Brown's music here and there, but we we knew Bobby Brown from like the drug addiction days. Yeah. And you know what I mean? The the crooked jaw and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. All the crack jokes. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. But like just watching his life, it was pretty crazy because like he he had so like you can see why he used drugs because um it was just so much death around him like people were dying left and right and it was like like how do you deal with that like no one knows how to deal with that if you're seeing this person die, this person that you love like people you genuinely love and see on a day-to-day basis are passing away around you um and like the only way to cope with that is to you know go to drugs but luckily enough he was self-aware enough to um you know to get clean <clears throat> but it was just like it was just crazy and, and you know that's like the perfect example of like why people use drugs that's why it was kind of childish for the guys or the people in general to say like oh he just needs to get help it's like you don't know what people are really going really through and, and even in bobby brown's case no one knows you just see drugs you just see him and whitney houston reality show and him acting real weird and stuff like that but you don't see like the the childhood and you don't see the teenage days and stuff like that and even in Whitney Houston's case you know um they didn't dive into it as like the reasons why she was doing it as much as him um but even in her case it was just like it's just sad like yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a sad story. <clears throat> yeah, like you said, there's usually, there's typically a backstory to mm-hmm. somebody that's on uh, these drugs. Mm-hmm. And I think what we, I think that the saddest thing too is, like you mentioned earlier, a person who is a, a, a is an alcoholic will shame someone else. It's just crazy to me. Mm-hmm. They will shame somebody while committing the same sin. Yeah. So we live in this unforgivable world. They don't forgive or anything but they commit the same sin i'm just trying to i'm really trying to comprehend how that even makes any sense yeah you know so Mm -hmm. i just think we do a horrible fucking job with how we view a depression alcohol uh, depression uh uh, suicide everything Mm -hmm. you know we just got to understand that their mind is very complex and while taking any type of narcotics is going to make that even more complex yeah, we can't we can't tap into a person's mind mm-hmm. and say, oh, they should have did this or that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's extremely disrespectful too when somebody passes away, and that's what we do. Yeah, we definitely shouldn't be shaming someone that loses their life. Not no one's trying. Well, there's some people that try to take their life, but generally, they're not trying to kill themselves. They're just trying to suppress some pain, yeah. and you build up a tolerance for these drugs, and then. You know, you try to take a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and then eventually your body can't take it anymore. You, you know, you move on, you pass away. But it's just it's just wrong for for people to act like that, and especially knowing that every single person has some sort of person that they know that's addicted to something, or you are addicted to something, and it may not be as harsh as you know, these drugs that people can overdose on, but like, you just have to be self-aware. And I know like some of the people, like one of the guys that was, um, that was, uh, the guy whack 100 
was a person oh, saying like, you know, this dude is stupid. And if you go and look up his post, you can see exactly what he said. But I'm almost positive that he's surrounded by maybe his mom, maybe his aunt, or, um, you know, some sort of relative that's addicted to something. So if we think about it and put it in that perspective, we don't want to, you know, put that negative energy out there um, just because you don't know Mac Miller, because you do know someone that is um, in a similar situation as him. Like we, our families are too big not to. You exactly. Know what I mean? Exactly. It, it, yeah. And it's 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 just extremely hateful. Mm-hmm. And I think just people use it as a platform. They use the platform as a reason to uh, just speak on things they have no ish. They have no information about. People typically will go off on a tangent and just say, this is this because this is bullshit and fuck this and fuck that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. But what's the last time you actually went to YouTube and researched it? What's the time you went to Google? We live in a generation where we have the most information out of any time in the history of America, mm-hmm. yet we don't even give a fuck. We don't look up nothing. Mm-hmm. We just run our mouths. And I'm just like, dog, like this... That's just this is just incredibly stupid. Yeah. In a nutshell, I think the best way we can deal with uh, addiction, depression, suicide, and and everything in a nutshell is try our best to understand the behaviors, so we can catch it early within our own homes. Mm-hmm. Why do you think there's so many people? When well, you see so many shootings and school shootings, we live in literally. This is the this is the. Like, literally, this is the worst time in American history for mental health. Yeah. People are mentally ill everywhere. Like, they're doing outrageously crazy things. We just, we just seen a guy, um, guy that I know personally, uh, Blaine Hodges, shout out to him. He, he was, I guess, I don't know the full story, but he was, I guess he was in, or two people were in Starbucks and an ex-boyfriend or something came in with a machete and I guess um, he was stabbing the girl or I don't know the full story. I, I, I would have to um, look it up. But basically some guy came in and was acting, you know, ridiculous. He was stabbing the girl and um, I guess the guy that was with him. I don't know if he was the guy that was with the girl or whatever. However it played out, he ended up saving like the girl's life. He ended up getting stabbed multiple times. But he uh, he you know, I guess he got somehow got the knife away from the guy. And everybody, you know, everybody was in stable condition. And he's 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 sitting in the hospital right now. Um, but that like the guy that attacked, that's the same sort of thing. Like there's something. Yeah. Some sort of mental illness that he had that drove him to think that. Definitely. It's OK to go in there stabbing people in the public setting. Exactly. So. That, that is if that is literally the that is the the definition of mental illness. Mm-hmm. To do these crazy things, and somehow you you know you think they're all right, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, that, that's extremely unfortunate. I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, um, but yeah, in closing to this topic, just try to recognize behaviors, um, and not only behaviors, but if someone's suffering from addiction, try your best to understand addiction prior to giving it prior to giving advice or. Uh, having an opinion on it because it's so much more complex than how we view it. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Moving right along. Nike. Nike. 
they have definitely uh, been the topic of discussion here recently, man. Nike has basically they did like some endorsement for for Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and they have him as the thirtieth anniversary of uh, like a they did like a commercial. They have a, like a banner with his face on it, mm-hmm. and people are really pissed off about it. Let me just start off by saying this: Why do we think as a as a culture that it's okay to cancel a whole brand of something because we don't like a person? How does that make any fucking sense? Mm-hmm. You know, if if let's say for example you don't like I don't know you don't like Colin Kaepernick, uh, and you just say you know what I ain't wearing no Nikes no more, and you burn your Nikes. You could have donated them to a homeless veteran or to a secondhand store. Yeah, but because. You are so hell-bent on letting the whole world know how much you hate this man. You got to burn his fucking shit. You got to burn your your clothes that you already paid for. Yeah. Nike doesn't give a fuck about you. Let me make that very clear. Mm -hmm. If you are burning your Nikes or you don't want to wear them, Nike already said fuck you a long time ago. Yeah. They've done the analytics. They knew exactly what they were doing prior to making him the face of their brand. Mm Mm-hmm. He ain't the the face face, but for the 30th anniversary, he is. Mm -hmm. Whether you believe in what Colin Kaepernick did or not, you disagree with it. Understand this. You don't need to cancel a whole brand. I'm not I'm not I don't like Papa John's like that. And, you know, the the CEO says some things. He has some choice words I didn't agree with. But if somebody walked in here with a Papa John's pizza, I'd be like, fuck it. I'll get a slice. (laughs) You know, this shit ain't all that. But fuck it. Yeah, I don't even think you can equate what Nike did to that. Not I don't. At all. I don't know. Um, I I would like. I don't feel that strongly about um, any brand that has. Like I don't even know what you can really compare to because what what Nike did was they just gave um, Colin Kaepernick a platform to uh, like a bigger platform to kind of promote his his ideals um which is basically protesting against like police brutality Definitely. and stuff like that it's like it's a lot different than like what H&M did or what you know Papa John's did or I don't know whatever all these other like racist um statements and stuff that came out it's different but it's the same I'll explain why. It's different, but it's the same. Because when you've tied a dislike or like to someone, let's say you've tied a dislike to someone, right? Are you going to cancel their whole fucking everything? Like, if, if that's like if that's what we're doing, it just it doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of what was racist or what wasn't. Mm-hmm. There's people that feel like Colin Kaepernick is racist. Just because we feel he's not doesn't mean other people don't think he is. Yeah. So... They're like, oh, I'm not doing this or I'm not doing that. I just don't believe in that. I, I think that you can dislike what someone did, but to cancel everything affiliated with that person doesn't make sense. Just like that that isolated incident at that Starbucks where the black men were, um, they were sitting in there and then they, the police got called on them. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, don't go to Starbucks. Starbucks is racist. Like you really feel a whole company is racist because of this one isolated incident. Yeah. I think that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I don't agree with that. I do not subscribe to that at all. I think we should do more research. Definitely. On what's actually going on. Yeah. I do think if, 
I don't have a problem with anyone protesting against anything. Like if you feel like you don't want to wear Nike, then Fine. you know that's you know that's your that's your issue. Because um, I'm doing the same thing. Like I don't watch football, and it's primarily because the I feel like the NFL colluded to keep Kaepernick out of the league. So I can't be okay with me not watching the NFL and then have a problem with them not wearing Nike. Um, like they probably feel strongly about, you know, whatever Kaepernick did, just as I feel strongly about what the NFL is doing. So I don't have a problem with it. I do think that um, just because I'm on the opposite end, I feel like it's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Just because I know what Kaepernick stands for and then they have this idea of what Kaepernick is doing or what Nike is trying to do. But yeah, I can't really say like, um, you know, what they're doing is bad, but I will applaud Nike for, um, standing with Kaepernick. I think that's a bold move because there's a lot of coaches and, you know, teams in the NFL that was saying Kaepernick is, um, he's causing a disruption and he's not as good as the disruption, disruption he's causing and stuff like that stuff like that but you know nike you know one of the biggest corporations in the world was like you know we don't care about that we're gonna stand by you we're gonna give you a a huge contract and we're gonna put your face on this ad and we're just gonna drop the picture and it's gonna cause an uproar we already know this but you know we don't care yeah it goes back i think we feel completely different in regards to the whole thing because you're literally not watching football Mm -hmm. i mean i my thing is i could stand on uh, on something to say, look, I believe in that. I believe that's not right, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't, I don't feel as invested to, uh, you know, basically not watch football. Mm-hmm. You know, just like I feel like a lot of people, they may like, I don't like what Kaepernick did. I've seen a lot of people come forward and say, I don't like what Kaepernick is doing or what he did. But at the end of the day, it is his right. In addition, I'm not burning my fucking Nikes. Yeah, I paid a lot of money for this shit. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so yeah. people are not. They're not like, you know, everybody's not on that page. Nike knows that. Mm-hmm. I think Nike's done research from other supposed boycotts. People are like, I'm not going here or I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And they looked at the stats and they probably figured, yeah, people probably boycotted maybe the first couple weeks. Yeah. And they just said, you know what? In and out sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so supposedly people were uh, 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 protesting in and out. I guess because okay. they supported a Republican. Uh, they they donated money to the Republican Party or something like that, mm. and people are like, "I'm not going to In and Out," but every time I go to In and Out, that shit is wrapped around the fucking building. Yeah, that's Everybody. a ridiculous reason to yeah. to not um, do it. Yeah, that's stupid. Just because you don't agree with us, that's that's like that's like the stereotypical liberal type deal that they yeah. have on you know liberals. Like you liberals, you really acting like it with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot that goes on. Like there's oh, yeah. if you really knew what was going on behind the scenes of these big corporations, yeah. um you you would almost not be able to do anything. Right. Like if you really knew how Walmart got their prices so cheap, you probably wouldn't shop at Walmart. That's true. Or how Nike's are actually made. You right. probably wouldn't buy Nikes at all. Right. Man, that's true. It's just it's almost just hard to live life without um kind of approaching things, you know, um 
like bypassing like the nuances of everything. Even Starbucks, like if you knew how people got those coffee beans, you would probably be like, "Dang, man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't eat at, or I shouldn't drink Starbucks." Right? I, I don't like Starbucks at all. Yeah, I, I just never been my thing to fuck with Starbucks. Mm-hmm. This shit's overpriced too. But um, you're right. If you kept the same energy towards everything else, mm-hmm. then damn, you wouldn't be even using your cell phone. You got kids in sweatshops making soccer balls and shit for like five cents. Yeah. You know, so you would literally be like, you know what? I can't play my PS4. I can't go to in and out I can't wear Nikes. Mm-hmm. I can't wear condoms. I was just playing about that last one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> People would use that. That's a legit excuse. Men aren't using no condoms. They making those in sweatshops in China. Yeah, well, as long as the Chinese man protecting my penis, <laughs> it'll work out. That's yeah. comedy. Yeah, man. But yeah, you're you're exact. You're right on that. Yeah. And I think what's what's awesome about this is is we could. It's not so much agree to disagree. I just understand your stance. You understand mine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the fact that. And yes, Keith is he's not a bullshitter. He's literally not watched any football with me at all. Yeah. And I respect him so much in regards to that. When he came over to my house right now, I had the game on. I turned the fucking channel. Yeah. Did I not? Yeah, you did. Yeah, so I'm not going to subject him to that mm-hmm. because I respect him more than enough to see, like, he's not fucking with football. Yeah. And, you know, and we both Niner fans, so it kind of hurt me sometime when he came watch the game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and if you, like, I'm not, I'm not, obviously not, like, I don't turn to the games. Not at but all. But I'll check the scores on the internet. I'll see what's going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if you try to, if you say, if you see me post about a game or something, don't try to be like, oh, I thought you wouldn't watch a football. Nah, yeah, you just you knew that the, the Niners lost. You didn't really know shit else. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, but I'm not gonna be. I'm not hard on people that are boycotting stuff. Yeah, I just think now, ultimately, I'm gonna keep my opinion. Like it's just gonna be. It's only my opinion. Yeah, so my opinion doesn't mean it's fucking right. It's uh-huh. just an opinion. Uh-huh. You know, I don't. I mean, personally, I don't see why people need to boycott things, but I also understand that when you feel passionate about something, mm-hmm. then you're gonna do it. I think for me, it's um, the only this the only power you have is your attention and your pocketbook. That's pretty much the only power you have when it comes to like corporations. Yeah. Um, so I think that's like the only, the only thing that I could really do. So the only thing I've ever really cared enough to actually do some sort of like boycott is the NFL. And there's another, um, restaurant here in town that I just think they're like extremely racist and, um, I just don't eat there at all. I, I haven't eaten there in, since I've worked there, which was like 2000. Uh, 14 or 2015 or something like that. Um, and just the, like they would, like literally I would, I would work there and I was a bouncer there. And when too many black people came in, they wouldn't play hip hop, hip hop at all. Like I've literally heard the owner of the, the restaurant, it's like a restaurant slash bar. And I've literally heard the owner of the restaurant say over the intercoms, like, Hey, turn that hip hop off. And it's just like, why? Like they're, you know, and and I kind of put two and two together and it generally happened when there was too many black people in there. So, yeah, yeah I don't negative. get there. 
negative connotation, you know, just like too many black people you're going to have problems. This is like, it's sad. Yeah. I, I think ultimately this is kind of, it's, it's somewhat related. We have no control of how people view things and how people view us. Yeah. And that's just, that's just a, a general statement towards all of us. You know, some black people to be like, that might be like, oh, that white guy, he just hates me, you know, when the person may not be even thinking about him. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just because of how, how much they've been viewed, you know, viewed that basically a lot of black people feel pigeonholed because they've been through a lot. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times the way we think is not going to be the same way like a guy, a white guy that's 33 is not going to think the exact same way as me. Mm-hmm. Like the way our minds are wired, they're completely different. Yeah. And the way that we view this country is different. Mm-hmm. If you I, let, let me make this point too. If you think that a black guy, me, and a white guy that are the same age, grew up in the same city, doesn't matter. Do you think if you think we look we view America the same way, you're you're very foolish. Mm-hmm. Cause that's not true at all. Yeah. And I think that's that's one of the problems. I think that Ultimately, as a country, we're not trying to understand each other enough. Yeah. And we're making these blanket statements of, oh, well, America is this, America is that. And then you're like, nah, it's not, bro. Actually, it's like this. This is how I see it. And they're like, no, because you're blah, blah, blah. Like, we're talking at each other and not listening. Mm-hmm. So if you really believe if you get a Latino, a white, and a black man, they're not going to think the same way about America, bro. Yeah. That's the biggest issue with America. We don't view it the same. Mm-hmm. Had we viewed it the same, then we'd be like, you know what? This is this. But you got to realize, like, how much have people that look like you've been through? Yeah. You know, how much, how many times do you think it's crazy? Like, I think about, like, my grandfather. Just my grandfather couldn't drink in the same fucking bathroom as a white guy. Mm-hmm. Not drink in the bathroom. I mean, use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. That yeah, came off weird. Um, <laughs> Nigga drinking toilet water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, some it, good toilet water. Yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it wasn't that long ago. I think you got to realize that there's there's trauma. Whenever you have something such as slavery that happens, and then after slavery you got Jim Crow and all this other shit going on. Mm-hmm. I don't expect for you know other cultures or white white America to understand that. Yeah, I don't. But I just, you know, to empathize means everything to try to say, look, I didn't understand this. You know, I'm glad that I found this out. Uh-huh. It just it sheds light on it. That's why, you know, predominantly you'll see, uh, you know, black people that will support Colin Kaepernick yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. predominantly black. And the ones that oppose him are white. And it's not that I'm saying white people are racist. It's that they just don't understand. Yeah. And I'm not mad at them. Because they 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 don't see the world through our eyes, yeah. so I can't shame somebody that's white and say you don't understand. Yeah, of course they don't fucking understand. They're not black. There's I, and, and me personally too. Like there are there are people that obviously don't understand what black people go through, and they're just trying to combat. There you go. These ideas for whatever reason, just because they feel so strongly about them. But me personally, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the world and. Like, honestly, I, I won't say, like, to put it plainly, I just don't care. And it's kind of bad to say, but at the same time, if I don't care, I'm not going to combat whatever they're doing over there. 
you know, whatever, that makes sense. whatever political issues that are going on or whatever societal issues that are going on, um, I just stay away from it. And, you know, they're going to fight the battles on their own and, you know, either they're going to be successful or they aren't. But I'm not going to just pop up in social media feeds or whatever, just trying to like combat like people trying to make progress for for the sake of, you know, just combating them. Very true. Very true. Yeah. 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 Combating. You're not making any change. The only way you make change in general is conversation. Yeah. Having a conversation. And I feel like um, with Nike and it's like they it's kind of like they forced this conversation to happen. Yeah. It's not just them, but you got to think about it. There was a guy that was ranting on a video and he says, you know, it's all about money. All Nike cares about is money and Kaepernick's all he cares about is money and blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, there's never been a revolutionary to get sponsored by a company like Nike ever. I don't understand. And I thought to myself, you got to be a fucking moron. This goes back to people not doing research prior to ranting. Yeah. Martin Luther King was sponsored by Coca-Cola, his peace rally. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, (laughs) had you done the research, he wouldn't have been running his mouth saying this. Yeah. You know, it's like, and I really respect people to say things like, I don't, I I disagree with what Kaepernick did, but I I respect, but I understand, you know, he has the freedoms to do this. Mm -hmm. And no, I'm not boycotting Nike. Yeah. Like when people when people say things like this, it's okay to disagree. You don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, trying to understand is important. Mm-hmm. It's very important. I think one thing you said that um about how people view the world differently, I think the the biggest display of that is how Americans view the flag. Bruh. To some people it's more than a flag. Yeah. Like I I I'm American and I love being here. But you will not catch me having an American flag on my car. No. If I do wear something that's an American flag, it's strictly because I think it's a cool design. (laughs) Like I have like these socks with the flag on it or like a bandana and I'll wear it and stuff like that. But like it's not more than, you know, whatever the flag represents is obviously important to me. But the actual flag is like it's not that important. Enough to where I feel like I will, you know, create these things that are not there Very true. and try to, you know, make the flag seem more important than a person. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what? That's a great point. I feel the same way. And, and I love America. Born mm-hmm. and raised. I love I love the country that I live in. I thought you were from Africa. Like I said, I love America, right? I, I, I love the freedoms and the privileges that I have in this country. Yeah. But I will say this. I think that the way a lot of black people not so much view America, but view the flag, it's with less enthusiasm than white Americans. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's with less enthusiasm is because historically, you could be in the Olympics as an athlete and come back home and get called a nigger and you can't even drink out of the same fucking water faucet. Yeah. Okay. And we're not too long removed from that. And then you hear some people that say things like, that was so long ago. And you're like, really? You sure about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) One, it wasn't that long ago in relation Mm -hmm. to American history. Mm -hmm. And two, whenever whenever people go through trauma over a period of time, not only are they affected, their children are affected. 
Your mm-hmm. children's children are affected. Their children's children are affected. Yeah. And this this goes far beyond just that. There are all kind of different things that, you know, as far as economy that, you know, black people didn't receive. Um, they couldn't get loans for homes and businesses and all kinds of things. That's, mm-hmm. When you say the word oppression, it's not like, you know, because Kaepernick is a, a rich athlete, he can't speak about it. Yeah. He's not speaking of himself. He's speaking of people who look like him. Mm-hmm. So I think people don't understand that. Yeah. But what I don't want to what I don't want to do is try to shove this down people's throat. If yeah. you totally disagree with it, then I respect that. I just advise you to try to look deeper into things before you adamantly disagree. And if you're burning your shoes, make sure you take them off first. Yeah. Turn, yeah. Take them shits off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's terrible. That guy's a fucking moron. He burned his shoes. Dude, there's people out here. You know what? Screw you, Nike. I'm burning these things off my feet. It's just like you're not even buying. You're not even burning like a high price Nike. You're burning some shit. You got a fucking Sears on the clearance uh, rack. That's comedy. It's like, dude, get out of here. <laughs> I got no respect for people <laughs> that burn. Sears Nike. You, you, you so righteous. You want to burn your shoes? There's a homeless veteran that is freezing his ass off in the wintertime that don't got shoes. Donate your shit to veterans. Oh, but are you making the assumption veterans don't support Kaepernick? I ain't giving them my shoes. Mm-hmm. So you're making decisions for people who serve this country? Yeah, hey, if you're homeless, I don't think you're too picky. Yeah. I don't think you are either. You mm-hmm. know what's funny, too? And I think about it, when I see when I see a veteran, this is, they talk about how much, like, you know, we should be respecting our veterans and all this, right? Mm-hmm. When I see a veteran at Denny's or at a restaurant somewhere, and I say, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you for your service. They'll look at me kind of weird like, oh, oh, uh, oh thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Because they're unappreciated. That's my point. Mm-hmm. In a country where people so much, they, they supposedly support veterans so much, veterans definitely get the fucking shaft. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not, I'm not, and I've, I've done this many, many times. I adamantly will say, thank you for your service. And it's like they all have this look like, Oh, thanks. Yeah. If they felt appreciated, then it would be a different reaction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All I can say is this. Nike, I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Carrey, they had a little interview with him recently. He bought some Nikes. You see it? No. It, he was, it was like, a, I forgot what show. It was, it was, was it Trevor Noah? I think it was Trevor Noah. I could be wrong. And he put his Nikes up on the little desk, and he's like, just bought me some Nikes. Thank you, Nike and uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. But I can't shove how I feel down people's throats, so mm-hmm. we're going to go ahead and dead that. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Owens. Jeffrey Owens. I don't know if anybody remembers this guy, but he was on the Cosby show. Yeah. And how old was he back then? He's pretty, he's pretty young. He was a teenager. He's like a teenager back then. Mm-hmm. To make a long story short, Jeffrey Owens was spotted by... Uh, some customers at a grocery store, and he was bagging groceries, if I'm not correct. Uh, yeah, he's a, like a cashier. He's a cashier, I believe. And they were like, oh, my God, that's the guy from the Cosby show. He's mm-hmm. doing so bad, this and that. And he was, like, literally getting laughed at and shamed for being a normal person. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, I don't get, like, people make me sick when they confine a person to only doing so much. It doesn't matter if you were popular in TV in the 80s, you know, you, I mean, you can't work a normal job. Yeah. 
I think this. I think it's really weird to take a picture of someone in that capacity as well, but without their permission. Without their permission, yeah. That's just weird. And he's been working there for so long. I imagine. I'm surprised like it hadn't came out before that he was working there. Right. I think that's what makes the person weird that took the picture. Um, maybe most people didn't know who he was. I'm sure someone knew who he was, though. Like the thousands of people that come into that store every day, somebody had to know who he was besides Definitely. that person. And they, they're, they're more normal. They just, you know, how on a high and by basis. Yeah. So this is really weird to, that that came up in that capacity. Yeah, it, it was. It's weird. Not only that, it's like, dude, you take a picture of this guy supposedly because he's doing bad, and then you got people <clears> off, <throat> like you got celebrities and people offering them jobs and stuff. I think that's awesome, but I also think it's pretty fucked up. It's like it's almost like a pity party. I don't know if this guy is really seeking pity. Mm-hmm. I think he was just doing a job, minding his fucking business. I know Tyler Perry offered him something. I think that's awesome. Cause I I don't want to say I don't want to say oh man you know you know they're just doing this because of this maybe Tyler Perry Perry genuinely wants to help someone that has already been in the industry that wants to work I think it, I think also he was doing it because of the shaming yeah not just because he didn't have a you know he's working at a thing it's like oh okay y'all want to shame him okay well we're gonna put him on TV you're gonna see him on TV next week and you know what laugh at that. Yeah, that could definitely be mm-hmm. that. Oh wow, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I think it's so much more powerful when you're you're in a position of just great success, and you could like literally wave your magic wand on somebody and say, "Hey, you're with us now." Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah, you know, and not enough people are doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like when people reach that, they kind of like look at people like, hmm, "Whatever, bye." You know, and it's just mm-hmm. like. For Tyler Perry to go out and do that was awesome, mm-hmm. and I, his his picture went around. It was it got like it was viral. Mm-hmm. It was on, he, and he went to the talk shows, and you know he's speaking on what the girl she may have been trying to make some sort of joke, but you really just reignited his career. Thank you, which is kind of crazy. I think I think that one thing is that people don't understand the entertainment industry. It's really just a job. And he's, I don't know how old he is now, but he was on The Cosby Show. The Cosby Show came out so many years ago. Yeah. Um, so even if he was doing good back then, he may, he could have been on TV and make been making, you know, thousands of dollars, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was a millionaire. No, not at all. Especially in the 80s. In the, yeah, that, that show's in the 80s, so that was so long ago, you know what I mean? And... To if you were making, he could have been making, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars a year. That money is not going to last, no. you know, to 2018. No, you know what I mean. That's so many years, so many years later. And you know, if, if whatever the case is, he he said he still was pursuing acting, um, in between taking care of his family and stuff. So we should be applauding him for not ending up like whatever. You know, they had that. I remember they had like on VH1 or um, one of these networks. It was like Childhood Babylon. Oh, my God. And it was basically all the child actors that grew up and they're on drugs. And, they, you know, they had millions of mug shots of these people and DUIs and all of this kind of crazy stuff. But this guy is just working a regular job, taking care of his family. And 
people want to make um, make fun of him for doing what you're doing. Like you work a regular job too. Exactly. So I just think what it is is I, I think people love the fallen star story mm-hmm. because it makes them feel good about themselves. Yeah. Like when they have when they have the inability to do anything great for themselves, mm-hmm. they'll look at somebody who made it and then you know they fell from stardom. And now they're like, look at you. You're like me. You're pathetic. Yeah. And it's like, no, actually, I've done something with myself. I may not still be on that level, but I've done more than you've ever done with your life. Yeah. Like you're, you're, literally, you're literally using me as an example of somebody who failed, but you fail every fucking day. Yeah. Just like the dumb hoe that took that picture of him at the store. Mm-hmm. And who's to say he's broke? Yeah. What if he's still receiving like royalty checks and he just wants a regular job? And we yeah. talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, he's still pursuing acting, but you know, if he's not getting the roles, or you know, who knows? Yeah, who knows what what is really going on? Mm-hmm. We don't know what's really going on. Yeah, I think, um, and usually how that works is like the shows get syndicated. I don't know if Bill Cosby's show still comes on just because he had that case or whatever. Yeah, but oh my God. usually the like the shows get syndicated and you know, every time the show airs they'll um send you a check for, you know, whatever your performance was in the show. <clears throat> so he's I'm sure he's still getting those checks for the episodes when those episodes that he's on airs. And um, you know, he's using the you know, the the job I mean the grocery store money to you know, help feed his family. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the only time, um, you know, Jeffrey Owens' case is like, I have uh, sympathy for him just because of how they try to make a mockery of him. But Man. if it was, the only time I would be laughing and be in on the joke is if it was some some sort of rapper that was bragging about having oh, Lambos and yachts and mansions. And then we see him working at a, grocery store then it would be funny but not you know jeffrey he's just a regular he's just a regular person very true yeah because it, it seems like <clears throat> rappers have the tendency to be really flashy yeah yeah i got a boat on the lake i fucked your wife yeah and it then was you great see him, huh <laughs> i was just rhyming with you uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you see him like four years later and it's like dude really Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, that's that's extremely unfortunate. And you know what, what's funny too? This very just from a very uh, uh, just personally, this is how I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel like whenever you uh, whenever you achieve something great, or you let's say you get a new house, a new car, you don't always have to make that known. I'm not saying you got to keep it to yourself. Yeah. But whenever you do something or you have something or whatever, it doesn't help anybody else by you letting them know you have it. I think whenever you're blessed in abundance like that, it's sometimes it's important to really just keep it to yourself to really enjoy your blessing. You, you know, if like there was somebody that made a comparison to having a big hand and you're playing like uh, poker or whatever it is, you don't got to let everybody know you got a big hand. Yeah. Just enjoy the hand you got. Uh-huh. And that's what people do, man. They, they, you know, tell everybody what they're doing. Oh, I'm making this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And then you lose that shit. And they're like, well, look at this guy. Yeah. They hold you to that standard because that's what you did. Now, what I dislike about this Jeffrey Owens situation is this guy wasn't acting like that. He was an actor. Yeah. And then he started, he just started a regular job and you got people assuming that this guy's a millionaire. That's not how show business works. Yeah. There's all kind of people that, that are just like me and Keith that have been in some pretty big movies, but 
they're not doing that great. Yeah. Because they they ain't had that blowout that blowout movie. Yeah. There's only like just like the um, we see like the top one percent are like the richest people. There are like a top one percent of entertainment. Yes. Very like true. I was a production assistant on a TV show. There were executive producers getting we get paid weekly. They were getting like five figures every week, and I was just getting minimum wage. So That's crazy. You know what I mean? So you know that that just kind of shows you how like the money moves in the entertainment industry. Like Bill Cosby was probably getting six figures, seven figures every episode, but there's some actor on there that are just getting like the, you know, the actor's minimum, which, you know, he may have been getting a thousand dollars every week or, you know, I don't know what the actual number was, but you can just see the despair in the roles. And there's labels too. Like there's um, guest stars. He may have been a guest star. And there's like, you know, recurring roles and, you know, you get a bump each, um, each, uh, thing like that. So I, I, I think one thing too, I want to say it's, that's why it's important to have some sort of skill outside of entertainment Yes, because we have in entertainment, you have a window and there are only so many Denzel Washingtons and Will Smiths. So if you, you know, if you end up acting in a movie and, you know, you get a couple roles or you're in a TV show and then that, you know, you're kind of your wave dies down. That's why it's good to, you know, maybe have an education you can fall on. Um, like if, if that ever happens to me, I know that I can still, um, you know, pursue other endeavors outside of entertainment because, I have like skills in you know certain areas that don't involve being in front of a a television set. So, yeah. How how would you deal with that? Like if you if you were some sort of like celebrity, and then things aren't going well, would you have uh, would your ego be? Would you have too much pride to work a regular job? I think this is different for me because I've lived too much of my adult life as a regular human being. Mm-hmm. I didn't start off as a child star. I didn't start off as some, you know, viral person. So if I'm up that high, I think I would deal with it a lot better than most people based on the fact that I live so much of my life being a regular guy. I have no problem going back to that, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to be able to be comfortable for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Because during that duration of time where I receive that amount of money or exposure, I'm going to find a way to make that exposure last and or if that's not the case, the the amount of money that I got from that exposure is going to help me in a it's going to help me down the road. See, let, let's just say for example, we monetize this this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And not so much from the viewers, but somehow you know whatever in the future sponsors, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And we're making we're making good money. At the end of the day, that ain't gonna really matter because I know how to be a regular human being. Mm-hmm. How would I deal with it? Good. <laughs> I would deal with it good because I've been given a huge dose of reality mm-hmm. prior to any any type of stardom or celebrity or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most people that are child stars, they don't, or they're you know stars at early age. Yeah, they're not going to notice it, man. They're going to still think they got that same talent. It's not, not, even, not even that, though. Like, imagine if you're somebody like, 
um, what's a rapper that had like a one hit wonder? Mm, Panda, uh, designer, but I, I don't know about him. You want somebody you want a like real one hit, a real one hit wonder? Yeah, Jaquan. Jaquan. Yeah, let's use Jaquan for example. Um, you get the you 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 get the hit. You're almost more famous than your actual bank account yep. because just the way labels work. Like you're really not. You know they they're going to give you an advance, and then. However, depending on however many albums you sell and stuff like that, you're going to have to pay the label back. And then you maybe get, you know, a little bit of money after that if you if your record is actually selling. Um, So you may end up not even having a lot of money just because you're paying the label so much money to, you know, survive. Um, Like, how do you do how would how would you deal with that? Do you you obviously, you know. Your passion is rap, and you're you're going to continually try to make it work. It, it may not. Um, then, do you are you, are you too prideful to go back to a regular job? If you don't have like if you don't have enough money to um, get like invest, do investments and stuff like that. Because yeah. a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we like to say like you know, oh, these rappers are stupid. They they spending all their money, but a lot of times they just don't have a lot of money. They have yeah. a lot of fame and a little bit of money. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, in that case, if you're talking about paying a label back and getting that huge advance, all you can try to do is put out better content. But the problem with that is, is if you're like a one-hit wonder type guy, you're not going to have the production behind you that created you that hit in the first place. Yeah, people, so that, are, quick, that, people yeah. are quick to kind of dismiss you. Oh, yeah, they're going to dismiss you. Mm-hmm. And you go from, you know, having that hit to now... You know, in order to get production, you got a guy beating on fucking cans and making <sighs> voices with his mouth. So hey, this hot right here. This, this the one. This the one. Yeah, they're they're not even gonna pay you any attention. You're gonna be <laughs> off on your ass. Yeah. You're not gonna be making stuff. I listen to some artists, and I don't want to name drop them, but I listen to some of their stuff, and I just felt sad for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Chingy, one of them. Um, Jaquan, another. You can tell it's really sad too because, like, both of us used to listen to those, oh, those yeah. songs, like you know, Hood Hop and all those songs they had. Yeah, um, Tipsy. Everybody yeah. in the club get tipsy. Yep. Um, and then once you hear, you'd be like, "Dang, I wonder what happened to such and such." Yeah. You Google them or YouTube them, and you just see like they dropped the music video. They probably gained a lot of weight and Man. they look totally different. But the production value was like diminished. Greatly, because you go from getting beats by beats from Jermaine Dupri and you know all these you know Timbaland and stuff, and then all of a sudden you getting beats from the you know the barber the barber slash DJ slash music producer slash like rapper on the side. Yeah, and it's like they're almost trying to use your name that you barely even have it yourself mm-hmm. to get their and to get theirs out there, and then their production is trash. Yeah, sad man. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Yes. One of those things, man. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just am, I'm, I'm very sure that I wouldn't want to get myself in a pickle like that. I'm yeah. glad I'm not a musician. Yeah. All right, man. Moving forward. Giving it, pe- giving it to people straight. Mm-hmm. What I mean by giving it to people straight is not being afraid to tell them what their downfall is, where they're fucking up at, and being honest. Yeah. It's sometimes people need to really hear the truth, the unfiltered truth. 
like, oh, well, I'm losing a little bit of weight or I'm looking good, this and that. I'm like, no, you're not. You're bigger than you've ever been. You need to lose some fucking weight. Mm-hmm. They would be incredibly angry at you. They would probably feel that you're talking at them. But you let them know, like, look, I love you, but you're fat. Mm-hmm. You're out of shape. Or, like, I love you, but you lazy. You need to get a job. Mm-hmm. Some people, you got to tell some people sometimes, man, because they don't. It's like their mind doesn't register. They just think that they're okay when they're just doing more harm than good to themselves. And a lot of times the best thing you can do to people is tell them the truth. But I'm not talking about the comfortable truth either. I'm talking about the hardcore truth. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you fucking up. The, the way I've learned the most is when my father would tell me when I fucked up. And I never, this is kind of not off topic, kind of on it. I never really got whoopings as a kid. I hardly got them. But when I got them, it's because I, I fucked up and it was on me. One time I forged my dad's signature on a report card. I got a whooping for forging my mom's signature too. Oh, my God. Why did we think we could get away with that shit? <laughs> Bro, my handwriting is trash. Too. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, my dad whooped my ass. <laughs> But then he would always he would tell me like uh, he would have the story he would have the conversation afterwards after he whooped me he said look I whooped you because you fucked up you mm-hmm. fucking up you can't do that you mm-hmm. understand me you can't go around writing my signature you making me look bad you rep you making me look like you know he's basically he's like that's I I represent you basically yeah and by you doing that made me look bad. Yeah. And I love you, but you can't be doing that. And, you know, I respected him from that point forward, especially if, you know, if I did anything, I knew I had an ass whooping coming and I knew it was my fault. Mm-hmm. And that's how you got to give it to people. I'm not saying whoop their ass. Yeah. I'm saying you got to let them know, like, look, you fucking up. Yeah. Or if, they, if they're ter- terrible rap artists, let them know, like, look, I love you, but I know it's something you better at. Rap is not it. Yeah. You are terrible. You can't rhyme two words that go together and your production is trash. Yeah. And you don't even got a job. Like, you just rap. Like, you got to do something with yourself. Yeah. You know, it, it sucks, but you sometimes you got to say that. Yeah. I think for me, I could probably do a better job of that. But there's a there's people that... I'm usually honest with people that I really know personally, yeah. like that I that are like family and you know really close friends, or like people that I don't know. But there's like this gray area where like you know somebody you're kind of close with, and then they'll show you something um, like a movie, a short film they did, or uh, a song they made, or whatever the case, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's cool, man." Um, but in reality, it's not really that great. Man. But generally, like, I'm, I'm I'm generally honest. You know what I mean? Even if I don't like something, I will find something. I won't lie about what I like specifically. So if there's something that I do appreciate about whatever it is, I'll be like, oh, okay, you know, I can I can go for that. But like like you said, we definitely need to do, especially with people where, like, we're, like my opinion on someone's rap song, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But there are, like, real-life issues that, you know, people are going through. If you're dealing with a relationship that is toxic, like, I'm going to tell you, like, you need to leave this person. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're, if I do see you dealing with some sort of issues, you know, I'm going to try to be straightforward with you or, you know, give you, give you my honest opinion. Stuff about, like, art and stuff like that is, like, whatever. 
You know what I mean? But like with the real, real stuff, like I'm going to just, I'm going to keep it, uh, I'm going to try to keep it 100 with you. That's a great point. I think when people, especially the relationship thing, the toxic, they don't want to listen. They they want to act, they want to bring it up somehow or they, they, they act like they want advice, but they don't really care. Mm-hmm. They just want to, they just want to hear another person's take on it to see how foolish they sound. Yeah. And they still don't do shit. Yeah. But it's like, you tell people like, hey man. Like, this chick is going to get you in fucking trouble. You need yeah. to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, I mean, but, I mean, she's not as bad. It'd be like, all right, look, I'm done talking to you. Yeah. When they, Especially when they when they ask you for advice and they don't fucking take it. Yeah. It's like, then go talk to somebody else. Yeah. Or just don't talk to anyone. Yeah. You know? But I've dealt with that a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Whenever I've been told the truth, I think the truth really does hurt. Yeah. I think it hurts because it hurts your ego. You don't want to believe that you're, you know, like this. I've had somebody tell me I was, uh, I was training and I was trying to, I was cutting weight at the time, and I was like, damn, I can't, I can't get over the hump right now. I need, I'm trying to lose like another seven pounds. And it was like, you ain't working hard enough, bro. Like you ain't working hard enough. How's your diet? And I was like, this motherfucker doesn't know me. Yeah, he doesn't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then when I thought about it, he was right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't training as hard as I could have trained. My diet wasn't as tight as it could have been. And that's why I didn't reach that goal. But it made me mad at first. But when I sat back and thought about it, I was like, this motherfucker was right. Mm-hmm. And he looked way better than me in regards to his physique. Mm-hmm. So he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. But the truth hurts. Sometimes if you're overweight and you're like, I want does this dress make me look fat? No, you are already fucking fat. Yeah. Now you put me in a position to lie to your fat ass. <laughs> and I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> yes, you're fat. Yes, you're overweight. Yeah. I love you. I you know, you cool. You're yeah. a great person. But I'm if I tell you if I tell you no, you don't look fat, you look perfect. I'm lying to you. Yeah. I'm telling you a comfortable lie and that's not cool. Yeah. We got a society full of people that you tell these comfortable lies to and they're like, "No, oh, yeah, I'm actually not bad." Yeah. It's like, you are bad. Mm-hmm. You, and it's, it's people that think they're, they're, they think they're smart when they're incredibly dumb. There are people that think they're just, they're just gorgeous and they got beautiful bodies and they overweight. You got guys that think that they players and they got money when they got a food stamp card. It's like, bro, <laughs> you need, people like this need the truth. Yeah. Because what it it allows them to do is hit the reset button. Because whatever you're doing, it's all a delusion. Like you've created this shit in your mind that you're just this, you're just this, you're just this awesome person, and life is great, and mm-hmm. I'm perfect the way I am. That's bullshit. If anybody said you're fine just the way you are, that's a fucking lie. Because you can get better. Mm-hmm. You're not fine just the way you are. I hate to say that, and I know it sounds negative, mm-hmm. but you can get better you can be better you can be faster you can be stronger you can be smarter you can have more money you can have more and be more but it's just everybody settles man Mm -hmm. i think a lot of our perception is based on other people's opinions so if you're constantly telling someone that's not doing the right thing that they're doing the right thing or that they don't need to do this better or they don't need to do that better then you're almost misleading that person yes you are yeah so when they go into the real world or whatever the case and someone tells them a different opinion than 
which you you were telling them their whole life, then they're going to be heartbroken. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I think the I wouldn't say the harsh like the the you get the bluntest truths from your coaches generally. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the last time someone told me like something that blunt was like, um, when I was in high school, like my senior year of football. It was oh, like our yeah, first yeah. game, and um. Our coach, Coach Gola, I was playing cornerback, uh, and I was doing, I was doing the game. The game wasn't going that great, honestly. Um, but like, it was things happening to where like the they would throw the ball to my guy, and you know he may drop it, or the quarterback may throw it too far. But sometimes he was like wide open, and I was like in my mind, I thought I was doing pretty good. And then we go in, we're jogging off the field at halftime, and Coach Gola was like. Son, you're getting abused out there, and you know those Instagram videos was like in when they have like the voiceover in the background, like nigga, you suck, <laughs> you trash, <laughs> change your position. <laughs> All those voices was popping up in my head. <laughs> Oh, it is like, oh, damn. damn. Yeah, but like. Like, I needed to hear that, though. You know what I mean? If I went through the whole season and I was thinking in my mind that that was, like, a good performance, like, there was no way I would be able to get better. But, you know, when he said that, it was like, yo, like, I'm really not playing that well. Like, and and it shaped my perception of, like, what a good game was. But but ever since, you know, from the second game on, like, I played a lot better and I got a lot better. So, you know, that's just one instance where, like, that – that truth can really oh, change yeah. your perception of how you see the world. And you know what? That's a great coaching strategy, except I would do this even better. I would have my team captains or anybody that's really getting used. I said, I need to talk to you one by one at halftime. Mm-hmm. You pull your defensive lineman up like, hey, that number 72 is kicking your ass. Mm-hmm. You're getting punked out there. I know you better than this. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. get back out there and do your job. Mm-hmm. And what it does is, like, it it, it it registered. It's like, man, like, this dude is really kicking my ass. Yeah. You need that, man. You need that. Because if you don't get that, man, especially at an early age, you're going to go through life thinking you just God's gift to everybody. Yeah. And everything's, all, every, all the grass is green. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it's not how life works, man. Yeah. That ain't how life works. Th- thankfully... I was able to hear my own voice. I've had some people be honest with me, but yeah. I was able to hear my own voice, like looking in the mirror, like, dude, like you broke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you look in the mirror and you're like, you're broker. Like you're settling. Mm-hmm. You're not doing what you should be doing. And here and, and like literally realizing those things made me change my life. Mm-hmm. You know, but had I not had that, I don't know if you call it a revelation or whatever. If I had I not had that, then man, I would be stagnant. I wouldn't be where I am. It's like you need that truth to get you further, man. Yeah, definitely your inner voice is. Um, I think we it just goes back to being self aware. Yeah, you have to. That inner voice has to be strong enough to recognize when you're not doing something like well enough. Definitely, like my whole junior college experience was just a bunch of terrible grades. And I had to realize, like, yo, like, you're not even doing homework. You're just going home and chilling. Man. Um, but once I, like, like once I, I think once I 
was getting ready. I think this when I transferred, that's when I was like, yo, like it really takes a lot of hard work to get good grades. Like I can't just skate by college. It's not like it's not that easy. The subject matter is is not like I'm not doing rocket science, but at the end of the day, like the amount of effort I put into these classes, like that's what my grade is going to reflect. Um, and I'm not any like sort of like, you know, math genius or physics genius to where I could just be like skate through these subjects and show up during the t- like skim through the book right before class and take the test and get an A. So I have to actually put in a lot of work to, you know, be successful. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. I think it was just tough for you making that transition from high school to junior college. It was a lot of distractions. I wouldn't even say distractions. I, I'm not, there's no really excuse besides the fact that I was lazy. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. I would I would say so. Yeah, you were mm-hmm. lazy. But I just think that whenever you, when you go to this new, I don't know, you it, everything's on you. Yeah. And you have to find out how to embody that responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think initially you don't understand how to do that. Yeah. And I think it was rough for you too because going up to BC, you had never seen that many hot white chicks. And I know it was tough, you know. I'm definitely not going to distract you by no white It's like, I'm not going to class today. I'm going to chill with Becky. <laughs> yeah, <girl. laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. But you know what? You can look back on that and be thankful for that experience. Yeah. Because you heard, like, it was like your higher self telling you, like, you're fucking up, Keith, you know? Yeah. You know? And a lot of you, you hear your coach's voice sometimes. Yeah. Which is great. Like, you know, I feel like sometimes you go through your whole life hearing your coach's voice. And even sometimes I talk to my friends now. Um, we'll just be reminiscing a little bit. And we we all know quotes from our coach. Like, sometimes we'll be from working out with somebody, I'll say it. Or, if, you know, we're just doing something normal. Uh, you know, we'll just, you know, you'll just throw quotes that our coach said. And those kind of things stick with you. Um, and it almost becomes a part of that inner voice you're talking about that is just telling you to get up. Like, you know, I don't remember a direct quote from my coach mm-hmm. except for I just like when I'm sometimes when I'm working and I hear it, it mm-hmm. whenever he whenever he would be running the shit out of us, he'd just be like, hammer, 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 hammer. <laughs> that sounds crazy. That's what he used to tell us. Like, whenever imagine that, <laughs> imagine him narrating a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Hammer, 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 hammer. <laughs> yeah, Coach uh, Coach Harnett, great coach, man. Yeah. Whenever you get tired and everybody's just dead tired and he's running the shit out of you, he's like, come on, hammer, 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 hammer. Yeah. I don't know why that would make us run harder. Would that, uh, would that do the trick? Yeah, we used to be tired. And then we'll make, make, make it worse. It's like whenever you're like dead tired, you lean over. Mm-hmm. He like put your hands above your head. Put mm-hmm. your hands above your head. You're not getting any oxygen. I'm like shit. I can feel oxygen mm-hmm. down there. That's real. Yeah. I used to hate that. <laughs> like it's the coolest air right here. Why yeah. are you telling me to stand up? Heck no. I used to, man. Well, <clears throat> on that note, I just think it's important at the end of the day to not sugarcoat things. Yeah, and. 
it has to be certain people that can take it. And sometimes if you don't, you're not too sure if they can take it, you still got to say it. If you mm-hmm. care about them and you love them, yeah. make sure you give it to them straight. You know, you're not good at this. You're not great at this. You're not, you're not all that smart, but you're a great person. You, you may be better at this than this. Mm-hmm. And if they hate you for it, then they hate you for it and fuck it. Yeah. Sometimes you got to give it to people straight, man. Yeah. If that if your relationship ends because you were honest with them, then that relationship probably would have wouldn't have worked anyways. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. Well, coming to the end. Since of this- we're being honest, Eddie, you should stop doing podcasts. <laughs> just- All right. Well, <laughs> meditating this podcast episode twenty four. Kobe number. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys for listening week in and week out. Yes, We're going to go ahead and close it. Um, until then, you've been listening to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. You have a good one. Peace. Peace.